It's time for the spring sales event at the DGDG Mazda stores. Capital Mazda, Stevens Creek Mazda, Concord Mazda, and Team Mazda. Hey, it's Shondell Grand. And right now we've got a huge selection of brand new Mazdas with exciting spring incentives across our entire lineup. Plus, you can buy your new Mazda completely online with our exclusive no-brainer checkout. Don't miss the spring sales event at the DGDG Mazda stores in San Jose, Concord, and Vallejo. We're getting you ready for the game on The Build-Up with news from around the league, interviews, highlights, and more. Here's your host, Ted Ramey. All right, what's happening, everybody? Game day for the San Jose Sharks, looking to bounce back from their 7-2 loss to the Devils on Tuesday night, playing host to Anaheim tonight from the tank, 7.30 go time, 7 o'clock pregame with Dan Rusinowski, right here on the Sharks Audio Network. We're going to jump right into it as I am now joined by Curtis Pashelka of Bay Area News Group, who covers the Sharks. Curtis, what's going on, man? How are you doing? I'm, I'm doing well, Ted. How are you? Oh, you know, just uh, rolling with the punches of the San Jose Sharks season. Tuesday night provided us uh, yet another twist and or turn. I think maybe twist is more appropriate considering we're going to start off talking about a soft tissue muscle injury. What I assume is what happened with Mackenzie Blackwood, um, who's on IR. Um, you know, I'm just curious, Curtis, because it seemed like there was a lot of talk about, you know, teams interested in McKenzie early in the year and then, you know, maybe Capo as of late. What do you think this does to the Sharks, maybe plans for how they were going to handle that situation approaching the trade deadline, which is coming up rapidly upon us on March 8th? Yeah, it, it, it was interesting. Like you mentioned, there was a lot of talk about uh, McKenzie at the start of the season, especially after the Edmonton Oilers got off to the start they had. There was thought that maybe there might be some connection there, and then McKenzie had got off to a pretty good start this season. Um, even though the Sharks were struggling, McKenzie was was playing pretty well. And you know, you know, as we go into as we get closer to the trade deadline here, you know, there's a lot more talk about Capo Kakinen and, and his availability as far as the. That's the trade set. Uh, you know, the trade deadline goes. Um, you know, as, whether this affects the Sharks' plans or not, I'm not 100 sure. You, you read different things about, uh, you know, how how much uh, uh, Capo is being sought after here by some teams. I definitely think he's a guy. Uh, who could help a team as far as just shoring up uh, a playoff contending team's depth uh, as a goalie, not necessarily step in as a number one or or anything like that, but just to be a guy, you know, you've got a veteran uh, capable backup in case of your, uh, your, your top goalie goes down with an injury or, or what have you. So, um, you know, how does, you know, as far as the Sharks, I mean, do they have to sort of table that discussion if, if a team, uh, you know, comes along with an offer for for uh, for Capo. Um, I'm not sure. Um, you know, that's certainly it's certainly possible. Potentially, the way you get around that is to have the other team include a goalie, uh, a healthy goalie, as part of that deal, just to just to sort of give the give the Sharks, uh, you know, a placeholder, if you will, to you know, uh, to for the uh, until they get uh, Mackenzie Blackwood healthy again. So. Um, you know, you can see how kind of things uh, shake out here. I think the good news from the Sharks' perspective is they don't anticipate McKenzie having to miss too, too, too much time here, maybe one or two weeks uh, before he's back. So at least that's the hope from the organization. So we'll kind of see how things play out here. It should be an interesting week, no, no, no doubt about it. 
I know you reported that uh, Magnus Corona was going to get a start at some point this weekend. David Quinn just did not know at what point. He has not been put in good situations by the Sharks in his two uh, outings we've seen this year, um, coming in in relief in a blowout in another game where the Sharks just seemingly disappeared in front of him. Um, what, I mean, what's got to be the message to him from the staff to forget about what he's previously had to deal with up at the NHL level? Well, I think even in, even that night, you mentioned that game uh, that he came into. Uh, he had to start, I believe it was against Edmonton uh, earlier in the season. Um, I think they, they told him, hey, listen, uh, this wasn't necessarily reflective on you. This is reflecting on the group as a whole, how they just uh, completely <laughs> left him hanging, hanging out to dry yeah. that game against Connor McDavid and company. And, and uh, yeah, like you said, that was not an easy situation for him to sort of uh, make his first NHL starts. And and so he's had some time now to sort of go back to the American League and get a, get a few more reps under his belt, rebuild his confidence. And um, it will be interesting to see kind of what game he gets. I tend to think he'll play Sunday uh, in Minnesota. Maybe that's a little bit of a softer landing spot than having to go against the first place Dallas Stars right mm-hmm. now. So um, we'll see how it all how it all shakes out. I think the de- the Sharks definitely want to see uh, some improvement for for Magnus, just in terms of making that making that first save, showing a little bit of confidence in in the Nats, and showing he can be a guy who can maybe compete for an NHL roster spot um, next season. So um, we'll uh, we'll see how it all shakes out here. But I think I think Magnus has has gone past that night against the Oilers and. It's kind of looking for his next opportunity here in the, here in the NHL. And with the Sharks right now, and I, I know you've asked about this uh, since we've been back from the break, you know, the not letting the the losing snowball like we've seen a couple of times previously this year. Now, since the return, it's five losses in six games, um, the most recent being the worst of all their performances. Uh, they've got Anaheim tonight. I mean, do you think they're viewing this as, you know, I don't even know if must win is the right situation because they are vying for a lottery spot. I'm not trying to be naive and and not acknowledging that they don't want the most balls in the hopper. But at the same time, you know, to quote John Madden, losing is, or excuse me, winning is the best deodorant. No doubt. And, you know, I think more than, um, you know, tonight you know, David Quinn wants just, just to see this team not beat itself. I mean, I think they felt... He felt last, uh, you know, in the last game there against New Jersey, that uh, the Sharks just gave away the puck just too many times and fed right into right into New Jersey's game. Uh, spit, you know, in terms of the skill, speed, transition, uh, they did exactly what they weren't supposed to do in that game. And I think David Quinn tonight just wants to see a more sound game and how taking care of the puck just helps in so many different areas, especially in terms of your structure uh, on defense. I mean, if you're turning the puck over all night in the neutral zone, you're you're just opening yourself up to, to so many odd man rushes and quality scoring chances again. So first and foremost, I think David Quinn just wants to see that cleaned up. But obviously uh, an effort uh, that is, you know, uh, you know, just just an effort that makes, you know, at least you can kind of walk away from it and be happy of. I mean, that was the theme, you know, so many months ago when Mike Greer had his conversation with the players. It's like, you know, win or lose, you got to put an effort out there. 
that makes teams kind of go away, opposing teams kind of walk away from from the game, saying, you know what, we we were in a contest tonight. We 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 were against a team that competed hard, and that just wasn't the case on uh, against the Devils there. So uh, those two things, kind of looking forward to uh, to seeing from the Sharks tonight if they, if they can kind of bounce back in that respect. Yeah, the beating of themselves is something that um, you know we thought they had gotten away from a little bit, but then you saw the. You know, the breakaways against Columbus rear their head and then the first goal right out of the gate against Vegas. And then they had these lapses, um, you know, against Nashville and against New Jersey, where it just seems like they are, they'll play well, but then they'll com- collapse for a few minutes. And that's something that was a early season trends and has turned into a season long trend where they will play well, but then it just seems like for a few minutes, sometimes it's multiple goals in a minute or two minutes or three goals in six minutes things where you're just like the wheels completely fall off a hundred percent and you know i think that speaks to just uh who's out of the lineup right now i mean you're missing uh one of the better two-way centermen the guy who's been one of the better two-way centermen in the league for a long time logan couture and another guy kind of stabilizes your stabilizes the team down the middle into mount Hurdle. i mean you take those two guys out of the lineup on a team that's already a little bit thin and is in in some ways is inexperienced um, you know, it's it's you almost have to play a really perfect sound game to sort of remain competitive, and and uh, you know the off, say nothing of the offense, but just on the defensive end, just on the sort outs and, and things along those lines, and that's that's kind of where I see sort of you know this team sort of uh, really missing those guys, just uh, you know sort of the, the the sound structural plays that those guys are known for. Now you take that out of the lineup, mm-hmm. and you're putting guys in the mix who. You know, or play roles maybe a little bit above their above their uh, their, their pay grade right now. So, um, kind of just curious to see how the Sharks respond here because it certainly doesn't look like Luke Couture is going to be back anytime soon. And and Tomas Hurdle we know is is out for for several weeks after he had his knee operation. So, um, this is a group that's kind of have to kind of figure out his way and what works for themselves because you know after the trade deadline we could get a little bit thinner. Uh, yeah. up front and in the battle on the back end too so uh and certainly this team is not lack for challenges here if we as we go into you know the last uh two months of the season especially uh uh with uh the homestand you know the homestand coming to an end and and uh, a road trip uh road trip coming up and a challenging month of march no doubt about it how concerned are you about logan couture because you know, he was out for most of the season. At one point, even said he was not sure whether or not his career was going to continue. Came back, said the injury came back, and then now is out once again with no definitive timeline. And I don't know if he was being melodramatic or hyperbolic about making that statement, but this this is an injury that I don't know that I've heard anything about a specific surgical intervention. And now we are going on from the summertime to nearly spring where this is an issue. Uh, yeah, it is a concern. I don't think there's you can say it's not a concern. I mean, when a player uh, has to miss the first basically three and a half months of the season, slowly works his way back, gets to a spot where he's able to to feel right and, and be a, a, the kind of player that he, he's always been. And then shortly afterward, you're coming right down with the same symptoms and the same problems again. Well, I mean, you, how can you not say that's a concern right now for him? But I think that, um, you know, like you said, I mean, surgery is not something he's considering. Um, you certainly hope that 
uh, from his perspective anyway, that, you know, additional rest here and taking things slow and learning what to do and not to do um, as he works his way back here can certainly help him uh, maybe expedite a return here. He does want to play again before the end of the regular season. You know, there is, you know, 24, 25 games left here over the course of the next couple of months. I think from a mental perspective, that would be a big boost to him if he's mm-hmm. able to return uh, and at least get a couple of games in and, and feel good going into the off season. Um, I don't know, but you know, you look at, uh, you know, he's not getting any younger. I mean, is this an injury that's going to continue to bother him uh, going forward? Uh, how does he, how can he prevent this? Uh, maybe try to do a better job for preventing this uh, in future seasons. Um, those are all questions still have to be, still have to be asked. And, you know, until he gets to a spot where he's able to get back into the lineup and stay in the lineup for an extended period of time, I think it's those are questions that are going to be he's going to have to answer and have to face for for a while here. He obviously reiterated the point that he did not want to be traded, and I don't know if that was. Uh, you know, beside the point because he can't play right now, but I suppose it's good to hear him say things like that and that he wants to be part of what the Sharks are trying to build towards in the future. But, you know, the trade deadline is looming. We heard that even David Quinn acknowledged that some of the offensive-minded ways the guys may have been playing in Tuesday night's game and maybe being a little bit careless with the puck may have been um, playing into their mindset. Um, You know, I I tend to think about Mikhail Granlund. I tend to think about Anthony Duclair. Even though Mike Hoffman is is in a goal-scoring drought. I'm sure there are teams out there who think that he's an experienced player who they might be able to get something out of um, in a playoff push-type situation. Do you have any expectations, or are you just kind of waiting to see how it all goes down? I'll kind of wait and see. You know, I mean, I I, I, I would, would expect Anthony Declare to, to get traded here in the next week. Um, I don't know if there's really much reason uh, to hang on to him if, if unless you're – you know, you're just getting no offers whatsoever. I think that's a situation where you have to, uh, you know, try to turn him into into a future asset there because he's, you know, you look back at last season, he did pretty well for the Florida Panthers in the playoffs. So uh, he could be a help to certain teams. Uh, curious about Mikhail Granlin, what the offers are out there for him. I think I think Mike Greer is going to do what's best the interest best interest of the organization uh, as he keeps an eye on the future here. And if there's a deal out there that makes sense. Uh, for the future, I think we'll definitely take a look at it and probably pull the trigger too. So, um, you know, as far as some of my other pending UFAs, a Hoffman, a, a, a Bank, a Barrett Bonov, uh, we talked about a Kakin in here. Um, so yeah, those are, I think, maybe a little bit wait and see. I think the market's maybe cooled a little bit on on, on those guys just on their on their production this year. But at the same time, like you said, those guys have hockey cards, the back of the hockey cards. They've been productive at various times in their careers. So. Uh, kind of just curious to see how it all how it all shakes out and and uh, what the Sharks roster looks like uh, afternoon on uh, March eighth. Yeah, and that is going to be you know from that point on. There's a month and ten days. I believe the final game is the 18th of April. I mean, after that point, you're, you're probably not looking at a lot of winning, and that means time for prospects. And, you know, we, we've seen it the last couple of years. That's two years ago when Bordalo came up. And last year we saw Henry Thrun after he was acquired in the trade. And I know that you wrote about this recently. Um, what, you know, what, what are you expecting? What are you thinking in terms of these prospects and when fans might see them out them on the ice? 
Yeah, I think it'll be a situation maybe a little bit like last year where, you know, you bring a guy out for a get a taste, like two or three games. And, um, you know, there was a specific instance last year with with, uh, with William Eklund where um, he only, you know, the, the Sharks were, you know, they, he played eight games, but if he played a, a tenth game, then the first mm-hmm. year of entry level contract was going to get used. And uh, that, that was something the Sharks definitely wanted to avoid. But you'll see some guys come up and get a taste. You know, I, I wouldn't, you know, like you mentioned, a Borlo. And, um, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if a Tristan Robbins comes up or a Ethan Cardwell or just, just a, you know, not for an extended look, but maybe just for uh, a few couple of games here and there just to, just to see where they're at and and give them a taste and and, and sort of go into the off season with some hunger because you know I think the Barracuda obviously they I think they still think they maybe they can get it back into the playoff mix here that's it's a bit of a long shot but they definitely have a uh, a chance if, if they can really string some wins together here so that they keep that in mind as well but um, you know I think it a little bit like last year where some guys are going to come up and and get a taste and. You know, we'll even see later in the in the season how long Boston College's season lasts. Mm-hmm. You know, if they if they get eliminated in, in the playoffs, and you know, does that mean does that uh, does Will Smith come into the mix and and play a couple of games with the Sharks, sign sign his contract, and come into the lineup? I think that's something a lot of people are looking forward to to seeing as well. And and uh, so yeah, it'll be it'll be some some storylines to follow as as uh, even after the deadline and. Uh, but like you said too, it's uh, it could be rough in terms of uh, the win loss <laughs> column, and and uh, then everybody kind of turns their attention to uh, to the race between the Sharks and the Blackhawks, if you will, in terms of uh, who's going to finish last in the NHL overall standings. Yeah, and even then, it's not a guarantee that you are going to get uh, that number one pick, which is uh, you know it comes with its good and its bad. I you know I am not a fan of uh, intentionally tanking, and nor do I think that's what the uh, the Sharks and the Blackhawks are doing. But it does feel like there is an unfortunate aspect to being the worst team in the league and not getting the first overall pick. But uh, it's an yeah. argument I I understand. But I mean the other side of that though, like like we know it could get ugly towards the end. How should fans react to that? Well, I think you, you the fans will, you know, just maybe just like if you take just just take a look at the bigger picture and and, and if the, these 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 guys from the Barracuda come up and evaluate, maybe that does create some excitement for for next season if they're able to come up and and uh, show something. Um, you know, I, I would just you know, hey, just kind of take it as it comes. I think it's I think Sharks fans are used to it at this point where. Um, you know, you get towards the end of the season, there's not a whole lot to play for, but uh, when you do come to a game, you, you at least want to see an entertaining product and not, and have the home team uh, put a good, uh, put a good, good effort forth. And um, so, the, you know, the fans, I think they, they, uh, they're, they're kind of used to where the, how the Sharks have sort of gone about their business here after the trade deadline. Um I think you just want to see an honest, uh, an honest effort more than anything, and and uh, you know not have a repeat of what you saw uh, against the Devils there, where it just kind of got completely out of hand, and, and uh, no one felt good after after a game like that. So the Sharks can avoid those type of nights going forward here, and at least have a you know some some respectable uh, performances here. I think that's kind of all the sh- maybe all Sharks fans can can hope for, especially after the deadline here. Curtis, I will let you go. I know you've got stuff to do, but I appreciate your time as always, and I will see you at the tank a little bit later today. 
Anytime, Ted. Thank you very much. Again, that is Curtis Pashelka of Bay Area News Group, and we are just about out of time. Again, 7 o'clock pregame, 7.30 go time from the tank as the Sharks play host to Anaheim, probably looking for a little bit of revenge after that overtime loss to end the month of January. For the San Jose Sharks, I'm Ted Ramey signing off. This podcast can be found for download under Sharks Hockey Digest on iTunes, Google, and Spotify. And on demand anytime on the Sharks Plus SAP Center app presented by Western Digital. All music by Yogi Yen.